Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Whenever there's a move of God, it's imperative that there is sound teaching. And um, because if there's not sound teaching and doctrine, you will um, potentially be led astray. And there's always, I said there's always those who come in to a church like this one to try to lead those astray. So as a good shepherd, following the good shepherd, I want to bring to you a message on how to discern cults, some characteristics of cults, Acts chapter 20. And um, let's read God's word here. Acts chapter 20, I want you to go down to verse 29. I don't have notes for you. Verse 29, go down there. I do not have notes, but I would encourage you to take them. And I've preached along these lines before. It's been a few years, but it's important. Whenever there's light, there's moths. And they, you know, people, people come to try to pick off the weak. I'll read it in a second. We have, uh, see, there's a real balance between having structure and then having a controlling church. We are not a controlling church, but I definitely have structures. Because if you don't have structures in place, you know, we've had people say, well, there just needs to let the Holy Spirit just let him have his way. How come you don't ever let him have his way? We do let him have his way. But because of the fallenness of man and people being demonized and wolves that try to come in, there needs to be structures in place. Otherwise, a river makes a flood. Fire is wonderful when contained inside your wood-burning stove in your house. Fire is not wonderful as those in the north know full well as it burned down 50 different structures. Wildfire is not good. Now, I've, I've had... I've been in services where people, because they didn't have the freedom, power, and anointing, called freedom, power, and the anointing. They called that wildfire. We don't want to have any wildfire, no strange fire. They, they had no fire. So there's fire, but at the same time, that is um, contained, if you will, or structures in place so that it's not a wildfire and gets out of control. For instance... I mean, I got corrected recently uh, through an email by somebody who said, you know, you said you don't want parking lot prophecy. Yeah, you better believe I don't want parking lot prophecy. What is that? That means when you're walking out to your parking lot, some brother runs up to you and says, hey, hey, uh, listen, um, you know, the Lord was talking to me. I know you know what I'm feeling right now. Right? And they begin to give a, 
a pathetic word and not a prophetic word that's not weighed and judged and it's not somebody that we have laid our hands upon, a novice maybe, somebody with, uh, that, that we don't know. Listen, we don't know where some of your hands have been. No offense. I'd love to know where your hands have been. Those that I know where their hands have been, those are basically our leaders and those that we're training and raising up and release. How come I can't be trained and raised up to release? Because you hadn't stuck around long enough. Well, let me know where you're from. I don't know what you're doing in your private time. I don't know where your hands have been. You're like, you're offending me. I don't really care. You know why? Because I'm going to have a healthy church. And I'm not going to let wolves come in. Now, I'm not saying you're a wolf. But you want, full, you, know, you want full freedom to flow in the Holy Ghost gifts of the Spirit without being a part of the river with the banks of the river and the structures. Go somewhere else. Amen. Something happened to me, Pastor Kirsten. I've said this before. You know, when I first pastored, I was just so sweet. I just didn't want to offend anybody. No, I, did, I didn't. I mean, I wanted to offend sin. I just wanted to be the best I could. But it was just kind of like well-meaning people that they want to come and just, you know, express and release their gifts. I, I let a lot, a, lot of, a lot of latitude for that. And as a result, in some of the churches I've pastored, there's, it was like a weird factor. It was like a strange, strange, you know, we're peculiar. I, I understand I'm peculiar. You should see you. You're peculiar too. We're all peculiar. Come on, someone. Is anybody else peculiar? Hallelujah. But as time went on, I, I, something ha- I think actually I matured. That's what happened. I, 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 became, I became not a novice or a junior pastor, and I'm not saying I've laid hold of it, but forgetting that which lies behind, I'm pressing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But I'll tell you something. I ain't here for any job. You step over the line, try to hurt one of my sheep, I'm going to hurt you in Jesus' name. In the spirit. Unless other needs are required. I'm not, trying, I'm not saying I'm going to hurt anybody. I'm just saying there are standards. And, and, uh, and I, I, I love you all. And my wife loves you. And, and if you've called this place home, this is a safe place to come and drink from the river of God. If somebody wants to use this as their latest platform to get up to bring there where you can leave and go start your own church and see how that works. That's not how that works here. We have, we have structures in place. I'm a little ornery tonight. Acts chapter 20. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. Acts chapter 20, go down to verse 29. For I know this that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among you, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, everybody say, therefore watch, and remember for these three years, I did not cease to warn everyone, night and day, with tears. Father, I thank you, for what you're going to do, what you did this morning, what you'll do now, those online, those here, and the moments that remain, move in great power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In the book of Hosea, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Over the last week, and like I can't remember when it was, 
there, there's, an, there's a flow of the word and the power of God where honestly everything's just blending. It all feels like, I mean, it all feels like one service to me because the service never ends. I mean, I go home and worship and pray and just kind of like, I don't even know, is it, I, okay, it's Sunday. But like, honestly, I had to think about it for a second. Just flowing and seeing God pour out his spirit. And I've seen so many people go awry, go astray, shipwreck themselves because they, they, they've not been connected to the body. And I've seen, I saw just over this last week, those who went through great trial uh, had, a, had a group of people from the church surround them because they had a group of people from the church. What do I mean by that? When, when, our, when my child died, we had 70 people in a waiting room in a hospital interceding and praying in tongues, shaking that place. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when the nurse came in and said, can you all please be quiet? There was no stopping them. You're going to have to get the police or something because they, they weren't trying to be rude. But I mean, you know, if you have 70 people and they're praying in tongues loudly, then somebody says, can you tone it down? Then they tone it down. There's this low rumble that's in the room. I mean, it's kind of like anybody that walked into the room all those years ago, into that waiting room in that hospital at Mallory Memorial, they walked in, you'd just be like, um, uh, whoa, what's, what's going on here? It's like a convention from some other country because they're all praying in the spirit. And I felt and experienced the love of God from the body. And I realized after that, most people don't have any clue of what it's like to walk with people for decade after decade. And, and how about year after year? We're family. We're family here. And listen, no matter how large we get, we're going to get family. But I'm telling you, there are those that will stay on the fringe because they've been wounded by authority and don't trust. And that lack of trust has probably started in their own home. You need to be healed from, for those of you online. Some people never come. They'll just stay online. Because you, you don't want anybody to see you. You don't want any real accountability because you're scared. And I, I understand things that happen where, where they're scary. And you got wounded and you got hurt. But I'm just telling you, I'm boldly telling you, this is a safe, healthy place. Now, we do have peculiar people. Not everybody here is sanctioned and authorized. To, to give prophetic words. Not everybody here is sanctioned and authorized to lay hands in this place. Here, are you in Walmart? You're a Christian. You can, you can do what you want. Just don't say that, you know, if you're laying hands on people and you, you know, you're kind of like a rogue, you know, God's calling you to leadership. There's so many rogue people. I'm not saying you're not anointed. I pray you are. Somebody say, are you telling me I can't lay hands on people? I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you here you can. Why? Because we're training people. The Bible says to lay, no, lay hands on no novice, no, no man quickly. It's, it's an, we get to know each other. There's, there's Listen, I don't, there's a lot of people that do things in the dark. You'd be surprised. They call themselves a Christian. They go home, smoke dope, get drunk, watch all kinds of pornography, and want to come into your church and lay hands on you. It ain't happening. So, the Apostle Paul writing this, saying that there's savage wolves, and I'm, I'm just telling you, there's people that are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they don't know the word. So our doctrine is set. You can look at it online. It's the 16 fundamental truths aligned with the assemblies of God, and uh, the, the area of sanctification is um, 
a little bit different for ours, a little bit more detailed as we rewrote that with the help of a lawyer, unfortunately, needed to because a lot of people are being sued because they don't do homosexual marriages. And if you don't have that all, listen, I'm never going to do homosexual marriage. Ever. Because I can't. First of all, it's not marriage. Marriage is between man and the woman, so you're going to have to talk or call that something else, but it's not marriage as the Bible defines it. We had a, a request come into the church over the last week, and the request was something like, you know, I'm gay, and God loves me, and I'm going to come with my partner, and we want to know if we'll be accepted. <laughs> well, of course we will. We want to know if holding hands and our lifestyle will be accepted. No, no, let's get something straight. So, you know, I mean, we have to answer that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to love you. We're going to love you. If you struggle with homosexuality, we're going to love you. Homosexuality is sin. Right. Just like we would love somebody who lives a fornicating lifestyle. Just like we would love somebody who's a drug addict. Right. Just like we would love somebody who's just walking in this. We're going to love you. Yeah, but sin is sin. Going to call it out. You don't like it? Going to have to find some other church that allows pot smoking and whatever. That ain't here. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. So in the midst of this move of God, which is not just here, understand it's not just here. Churches all over the valley are growing, like, like growing. It's amazing. It really is. And I'm, while I'm not responsible for them and their doctrine, I am responsible for ours. And there are cults that are rising. It's absolutely essential that you know the foundational truths of your Christian faith. A while ago, we put in an extension a couple years ago, and you had to prepare the soil. You had to get the right kind of gravel. You had to measure it out, make it right. You, know, you had to get one of these vibrating machines and, and just go over the whole thing. Better yet, our, our church property, we had these massive machines that compacted the soil, and you had to do compaction tests. You had to make sure that thing is set before you put concrete on it. And the concrete, you, you think the building's big? You should see what's under the ground. What's under the ground is impressive. It is an impressive amount of concrete. And I remember those, those corners being done. I think there's 80, 81 or 82 footers. They're massive. Massive. And I went and st I remember jumping across the ditch and land standing on the first one with Wally. And we stood there on the corner it's the, the left hand, first corners you come in. Stood there, lifted our hands with the power of God coming on us and just knew that God is helping us to build a firm foundation. If you don't have a firm foundation, when, then when the winds come, when the wind blows, when, when there's a shaking, that, thing, that thing's equipped to take whatever comes down the pike. You know, except for when it gets set on fire and then everything's going to burn. So it's all right. We'll be done by then. Amen. There are characteristics of cults, and I'm going to give those to you. Uh, we'll do six, five or six of these as the Lord leads me. Characteristics of cults. Now, there's an occult, occult which, is, which is the demonic, right? That's like the worship of the devil, stuff like that. That's occult. Characteristics of cults are like Christian cults, and it's Christian cults that are moving in in different areas, not unlike this one. And I just really heard the Lord tell me, you just need to remind everybody of the characteristics of cults. And if you find these things, 
perhaps you're in a fellowship or going to church somewhere and you're starting to find these things in the church or the fellowship you're in, there's a problem. There's a problem. Okay, so number one, cults, talking about Christian cults, they oppose critical thinking. It would be worth writing down. They oppose critical thinking. They don't allow for you to think on your own or to question anything. As I was dialoguing with an email, somebody's asking a question, why do you do this? And so we're able to answer and help them. All of us, my staff, myself, we're all reachable. I used to pass my number out, but it's getting a little bit much. But I mean, you can call the church, we'll call you back. And you can ask questions. Why do you receive tithes? What is that about the offering? Where's, where's the money going? We're happy to show you. All our books are open. Every check that goes out of here is written with two signatures. To you. I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even sign the checks. That's done by like a whole other department. I don't, I don't even have the, the combos to figure out. I, I, I'm not, I don't even touch it. I don't even touch it. It's Pastor Brian's fault. Cults oppose critical thinking instead of allowing people to think for themselves. Critical thinking is objective. It evaluates information. And so a cult, cult leaders will push you to not evaluate anything. No, you just need to trust me on that one. You just, hey, you just need to trust me. That, that's not how that is. That members must accept what the leader believes without challenging their doctrine. Our doctrine's already been challenged, time-tested. It's not subject to change. There's some tweaking, like with sanctification, because of the evil in the land trying to, trying to penetrate the church. But our doctrine's not up for discussion. We can talk about it. We can debate it. We can, you know, there's certain things that, that other churches believe that maybe we don't. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit well, there's some churches that'll tell you, well, there's no such thing. Well, we can prove that. And we're, listen, we're set already. We're standing on that. We believe that the in, in the er, inerrancy of the scripture. We don't believe these are like little fables. We believe this is God's word, inerrant. Cults don't want members to think for themselves. It's important to test all things. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, test all things, hold on to what is good. One of our, one of our people a while back, a while ago, uh, received a prophetic word from somebody. Well, the prophetic word, I'm not sure it was a word from the Lord. So, so they, they said, can you, can you weigh this? Would you listen to this? Would you, would you tell me about this? And they, they sent it to me, and I, I honestly... I heard, it was a, a dream or a vision that someone had. It gave it to one of our leaders, and, and the leader read it. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, pastor, it's a great response. What do you think about this? I looked at it. I said, okay, who gave this to you? So-and-so, who I happen to know. Another church. They're from another place. Not somebody that we've, that we've endorsed. Can I just say it that way? So as I'm reading it, it doesn't have the qualities to me of being a real word from the Lord. In other words, when I read it, my spirit didn't bear witness to anything it was saying. And then there was this quality of fear that was kind of behind it. And it, and it elicited fear in the, in the one who received it. The leader that received it, it kind of been like, Pastor, like, you know, he said like this, and I really respect this person, and this, this, and this. So like, man, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I said, just hold, just pump your brakes a second. And I painted the picture. 
I said, how long have I known you? They said, how long? I said, you, you see me, you see me in morning prayer, you see me in church, you see me for, for, for well over 10 years, you've seen me, you've seen what we see, how I run my family, we, we know each other, right? Yeah, you trust me? I says, I trust you with my life. I said, I trust you with my life too. Let's talk about junior boy that gave you the word. How long you known him? Hmm. Couple months. Great. What's his doctrine? No idea. Where is he from? Another place. What does he do at home? I don't know. How's his marriage? I don't know. Where, 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 where is he? What, 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 I mean, what, 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 what? There's nothing. I mean, we just don't know. We don't know. And so when the word comes forth, you just got to go, Shandarakalarabaha. It elicited fear. I said, look, you pray over it. I said, maybe it's a warning from the Lord. And, you know, you don't want to be, you, you want to be sensitive to, God can use a donkey. So, I mean, he can use anybody, even if they're in sin. So, I mean, you get a word from someone or somebody, this rogue random word comes that elicited fear. I, my spirit doesn't bear witness, but I'm also, I might have fallen off a turnip truck, but it wasn't yesterday. So I also know that maybe I'm not discerning and maybe I'm off a little bit and so I'm just going to pray. You know, maybe there's a warning and maybe they didn't give it right and maybe I'm not discerning the whole thing. So in the name of Jesus, whatever's tried to come against my brother or my sister, I bind it now, take authority, I plead the blood over this thing. God, speak to us, confirm it if it's you, amen. amen. But I'm not making a lifetime direction based upon the word coming. Come on. Oh, in cults, you know, they... The Bereans accepted, only accepted Paul's teaching. Look at Acts 17. The Bereans only accepted Paul's teaching when they saw it for themselves in the scriptures. I love that. And here's what I want to tell you. When you hear preaching and teaching coming from this pulpit, go and study what I taught you. I love that. Recently, somebody said this to me. We, you know, uh, the word of the year, Lord for the year is Multiply. Right? Multiply, multiply. So we were saying for a while, I am blessed and I will multiply. Right? We've been saying that. But you'll notice it changed. And it changed when somebody said to me, Pastor, you're blessed. And then you're saying you're going to multiply. How about declaring that actually you are multiplying as opposed to something that's going to happen in the future? I thought, fried chicken right there. Amen. And so you'll notice that things changed. And so now we say, I'm blessed, and I am multiplying. It's present tense, okay? Amen. I just felt led that I could have very well just done the other part, and, you know, I still think it would happen. But, I, but it was something that you need to be a good Berean. Go study to show yourself approved. And if you find something that comes from this pulpit that you're not in agreement with, go and study it out. And don't be a lazy Christian. They come to me and says. Can you show me? No, how about you show me? How about you do all your homework and you come and bring your answers to one of my leaders? And this has happened now. We're growing so large. I'm not doing all the counseling. I'm not doing all the fact-checking. I'm not doing all that because that'll bog me down and get me away from the ministry of the Word. I'm not doing all that. I have a team, and, and, and so don't be offended if you come to me and I send you off to Minister Barry or Minister Jan. There's something he's on his way to becoming a doc, getting his doctorate. Both of you? She's like, heck no, he's doing it. Amen. <laughs> and so, you know, you, but ask the questions. Ask the questions between you and the Lord. That's what the Bereans did. You all there? You all there in uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. I don't know if we're able to put that up. I'm going to get to it in just a second. Acts 17, verse 11. 
So cults, they don't allow for critical thinking. Verse, these are more fair-minded men than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word of the Lord with readiness and searched the scriptures daily. Daily? Daily. Daily. That's not on Sunday. That's daily to find out whether these things were so. Many times people hear the word and they actually don't search it out. Listen, the message that I preached this morning will change your life, man. If you'll go back and look and start studying about eternity, start studying about the millennial reign of Christ and your role in it, and start learning and, 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 and just really getting into the Word. Most people, they hear the Word and they go home and they never open their Bible again. They never listen to it again. A good message, I think, should be listened to over and over and over. Take notes. Look at the notes. I'm, I'm t- I've seen people get saved, and in three years, they have more maturity, more understanding of the Word than somebody who's been in church for 10 years who's lazy, never picked up their Bible, never took a note, never prayed through anything, never searched out anything. You want to become a spiritual athlete. You want God to really use you. You need to study to show yourself approved. And when you're hearing the Word of God like tonight and this morning, go home. Take notes. Write it out. Be a Berean. That's what these are. Be a good Berean. You're exhorted to test the spirits. 1 John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Are you telling me, Pastor, that there are some false prophets up in here? Probably. Won't be around for long. A false prophet is not somebody that brings a false word. It's really their character that's false. In fact, it's dangerous because their character is false and they can give true words, but their character is false and they really are used to be lead people astray. If you're a false prophet, you've come into this place. I will fix your stinking wagon with the love of God. You won't be able to stand. That's why when somebody comes up to you, Brother Lustbucket, and meets you out in the, in the, in the in, you know, Meets you in the parking lot. Hey, I just, uh, I got a word for you. You'd be like, hey, well, pastor said, ain't no words in parking lot. We have a word for me. Uh, Let's get a leader. Let's do this right. Uh, You know, I feel led to run right now. I want to run. It's not that God can't use you with the word of the Lord or giving an impression from, from the throne. It just needs to be safe. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't prophesy over people without usually at a recording. Now, all of these things are recorded. We're recording now. So if I prophesy over you now, it's recorded. Why would you do that? Because it's safe. I'm not going to tell you something and prophesy something to you that's not scriptural. Okay? Now, here's the thing. People hear what they hear. And that there's a twisting that sometimes happens when people hear things because, I mean, I've prophesied over somebody that says, you know, they go to Pastor Josh and like, oh yeah, Pastor Josh, Pastor Daniel told me, and this is hypothetical, it was a different scenario, so this didn't happen in Oahu and it wasn't with Pastor Josh, okay? So I prophesied over somebody and, and they, they went and said, oh, Pastor Daniel said, I need to leave my husband. And I have, I know that's a word from God because I hate that man and I just can't wait. He is like... He is a fool. He doesn't love God. He doesn't take care of me. He doesn't clean and wash or bathe. 
I've been praying for him for 20 years. And finally, for the love of God, I have the word of the Lord. I'm leaving him. That's not what I said because I ain't ever saying that. Now, there are reasons for leaving. There are reasons for divorce. But in her heart, she so wants to be done with Nabal. She's like, please, Lord, kill him, please. That's not what I said. And you go back and listen to the recording and be like, that's not what that says. Oh. <laughs> See, it's protection for you. It's protection for the person bringing the word. It's protection. It's safe. It's secure. Number two. They dishonor the family. Instead of insisting upon the biblical priority of the family, they, they dishonor. They, they, they require cults. Second, number two, cults require that you are more devoted to their movement than you are to your own wife, your own husband, your own family unit. That is a serious problem. And if anybody leads, tries to lead you that way, run like forest. Run. Run away. Run. To the hills. Children are often taught in cults to be more loyal to the cult member. That's, come on, some of you have seen this. Some of you have seen this in, 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 in a church that you thought was healthy. You've seen this. And if you see these kind of things, you want to get out of there, man. So is that going on here? No, it isn't. Take care of your family. Love your spouse. Teach your children. There was some quote that I'll probably not quite quote right, but I liked it. I'll try to paraphrase it. If anything comes into your life that causes you to be, that requires of you to be more devoted to it than, than, than your family, then you need to cut it off, including, including church. Now, and I don't mean church in the true sense of the word, but I've seen, I've seen people required to do things so insanely above and beyond that it actually destroys the family unit. Now, I've also seen people use the family as an excuse for their own inaction at church too, which is mostly the case. That's mostly the case. Oh, no, Ken works in children's ministry. I'm going to have family time at home while everybody is on their devices in the four corners of their house getting defiled over Netflix and Instagram and Snapchat and the, oh, this family time, family time as everybody's laughing in all the four corners on their devices and you call that family time. It's not family time. You could be, this is a good family time. This is Sunday night's family, family serve, family time, family right, right here. I believe that the family that worships and prays together stays together. Cults will commonly dishonor uh, the family unit instead of, uh, instead of understanding a biblical priority of the family. Your family can be an idol too. I've seen it. That's mostly the case of what I see. Mostly the case. People are like, no, we need to have family time. But it's not real family time. It's, you're calling it family time, but it isn't. And you know it. And you're probably not even here because you're in church. But I'm just saying, amen. Your first relational commitment, relational commitment is to your spouse children, parents, 
You know, no offense, but my spouse, my beautiful wife, is more important than any other person on the planet. It's my wife, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You ought to feel that way about your spouse. Somebody said to me, you're so lucky. Oh, you're so lucky. You and Pastor Karen, you guys are so cute. You're so lucky. What, what, lucky? We cultivate that thing. We date. We pray. We're like, I, I, just, I just love her. And there's times when I am irritated. <laughs> love is cultivated. It's getting deeper and wider and broader. Some of you are like, I fell out of love. You don't even know what it is. That's why you fell. You need to get up. Really find out what love is. Number three, they isolate people. They isolate people that are a part of their group and reject people for leaving. So if you, let let me just tell you, if you want to leave this church, we will bless you. Now, if I, I don't often, you know, really warn somebody, but if I know that what they're about to do is going to destroy their life, and and I say, yep, the Lord spoke to me, I'm going off to blah, 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 I'm going to tell them, hey, that might not be the Lord, man. And I'll lovingly encourage him. Actually, it depends on whatever relationship you have with me. And, and, and like I said, I'm connected to many, most of the leaders. I'm connected to all of my leaders. After that, leaders are connected to the congregation. It's kind of like I pastor my leaders and the leaders pastor the congregation. That's kind of how it works. It's the only way you can get up over 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. You have to release people. I can't be in the lives of every person. I'm the main speaker here, but I'm not the only one. I'm the, I'm the senior guy under Dr. Morocco, and then we have a staff. If I had to handle every nitpicking detail, I'd be in the mental hospital somewhere. It's not my job to do that. It's others. And you have to continually progress and raise up leadership or you just stay us four and no more. We're beyond four. Man, I was about to say something that was, oh yeah, I got it. So I've had people that are not really connected to me like that and they're really not connected to a leader and they're here, they're sort of fringy, and then they're like, they want the blessing of God for going and doing something. You know, God told me I'm supposed to go. I mean, what do you say to that? Okay. You know, God's, what do you say? God said we can tell them that God didn't say? Now, you get a closer relationship like I have with my staff and leaders. Pastor Kirsten's not afraid of my hurting my feelings because he loves me. You thought I was going to crack a joke, but I'm not going to. And I love you. And we stand together. We stand together. Come on, we've had coffee where he said, Pastor, we need to talk. We talk and I realize, oh, snap. I had to repent to you. Charged it to my head, not my heart. Made a mistake, repented, we corrected things, right? That's friendship. Hello. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. But if you never develop deep, abiding relationships with people who know more, who've walked the walk and talked the talk for year after year and know the Word of God and have the fruit in their marriage and their family and their kids and their finances who have fruit, you develop relationship with people like that. And you, you, you sow in accountability. So I've, I've had people come and want me to just bless them. If you want to leave, if you want to leave King's Cathedral and Chapels, you want to go to another church, we will bless you. Come on, you belong to Jesus. You don't belong to us. We're so grateful. And here's how you look at that. Oh, they were with us for all these years and now they're gone. That's not how you look at that. 
You rejoice for the years that are with you. God moves people around. You're his sheep. If somebody wants to go to church on the rock, hallelujah. Go, serve God with your hair on fire. You want to go to Northgate? Praise the living God. Come on, there's a lot of wonderful churches. You want to move and want to relocate and whatever. You, you belong to the Lord. You let the, My job is to teach you and equip you so the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you not to control your life. I'm not picking your wife or your husband. I'm not picking the color of your couch. We're not doing that. And if you leave, we will bless you and send you on your way. And we've had people go and people come back and then we've had people go and not come back. And we have people that are coming from other places. There's a flow. God naturally moves things around. A cult will be controlling and try to control you to leave. If somebody tries to get you to stay, that's scary. Anybody's free to leave anytime they want to. Now we love you. If we feel like you're going to make a mistake, you know, we'll share that lovingly. Can you say amen? amen? We had some dear friends that were part of a church. The, uh, the wife, the wife committed adultery. She got tied up in this thing. She got deceived. She committed adultery and she turned herself in basically. I mean, she got caught, but she was broken. It was brought to the church, and here's what they did. They got a hotel room, required her to take off all of her fake nails. She could wear no jewelry, no makeup for the next 60 days, 90 days. Made her sit in a hotel room, in the middle of the hotel room, on her knees, repenting for like, a, I think it was three days or a week. You're going to sit here. You get no visitors and you're on a water fast until you've thoroughly repented. And then after that, we'll see what we're going to do. And they called me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you, man, there's some twisted people out there. They called me and they, now, I had had relationship with them for years. They called me. They told me. And I just, you know, that was the final straw for me. I said, that ain't right. Now, that ain't right. So you go get your wife, you get her out of there, and you say adios to Mr. Cult Leader because there was other controlling weird things. Yeah, there needs to be repentance, but you don't, you don't get all weird and controlling like that. Actually, I, I think the case is that there was sin, similar sin in the camp. And you'll find when there's a similar sin that comes and that person's actually hiding that, this freakish anger and control comes out to try to manipulate that person because it's really them. Now, cults will isolate family members and isolate people and, and, and reject them when they leave. And when that beautiful family left, they never, ever heard from the pastor Everyone in the church is not allowed to talk to them, and this is seven, eight, ten years ago. Still. Still. So when you see them in town, there's pastor's wife, pastor shopping. Immediately they see you like, you know, what kind of stupid is that? Where's the love of God in that? Jerk. Cold. Number five. Oh, come on. 
Thank you. Inappropriate loyalty. It, it comes in, in uh, inappropriate loyalty to the leader. They require that you honor him or her. Like, uh, in a way, not, we're a culture of honor. We, at least we're trying to cultivate that. But a, but a cult leader and, and those connected to him or her will require that you have, like, inappropriate loyalty. Inappropriate loyalty. And you'll have to maybe give them money. You have to buy them things. There's certain things you have to do to show your loyalty and to show your faithfulness. Don't, there's nothing you have to do here. to do. You don't have to do any of that here. Don't do, don't do that. Just love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. Amen. And there, there's a culture of honor here. I feel honored by you. I'm so grateful. I've had people that don't honor me at all, and I don't really care. There's lots of people here in the church. Well, maybe not here tonight. I don't know where you're at. But it's all right. I've had, I've had somebody say, I just want to call you Daniel. Is that okay? And I said, well, you could call me Daniel. You have other people that won't like you too much for it. Because in our culture, pastor, is a, it's, a, it's an office. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of honoring. And so I'm not under some ego thing where you have to call me a pastor or, you know, we're going to make you do, you're going to make you do anything. You just love God with all your heart. You want to call me Daniel, go ahead. You won't have other people that won't like you too much for it. And it just won't, it'll clash in the culture. But I'm not going to like correct you all that. Excuse me. It's apostle. With a capital A, apostle. Say it, apostle. No, come on. Weird. Weird. Five. Across biblical boundaries of behavior. Instead of walking in purity and integrity. Second Peter 2. Come on, let's go there. If we could put it on the screen. Because I'm not sure where Second Peter is. I know you might think that's funny, but when I go through the when I have to pick a letter out of the alphabet, I have to start from the beginning. So if it's S, I have no clue what's before it, no clue what's after it. So I have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. I have to concentrate to H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O. I'm getting close. P, Q, R, S, T. I got it. And then I have to think R, S, T, R, S, T. But I, I, I can't do it without starting from the beginning because I'm unique. <laughs> so I remember uh, Minister Heidi, Minister Heidi years ago, I was, I've tried to memorize the books of the Bible, and then they all get scrambled. And so I, I sometimes have tabs. So Minister Heidi, 10 plus years ago, I was looking. Did you find Peter? Did you, did you find it? Second Peter 2. Sorry. Second Peter 2. All right, we'll get there in just a second. So I couldn't, I said, I said can you find that for me? She goes, you don't know where that book is in the Bible? I said, nope. She goes, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody else get mad at me for not being able to spell. This is a long time ago. I said, you can't spell that? I said, nope, that's why I've hired you. So how do you spell it? <laughs> Second Peter 3. What did I say? Second Peter 2, verse 3. Very good. Second Peter 2, verse 3. And we're going to move on through this just a little bit. But covetousness... By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. 
for a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Next verse. We're going to go all the way through a little bit. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, verse 5, and did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered the righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds, verse 9, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Verse 10. And especially those who walk according to the flesh uh, in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Verse 11. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. What an intense scripture. And will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes on uh, carousing in their own deceptions. What? Is that really the next verse? I thought there was like the love feast thing. Oh, there it is. Carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery. Oh, I got to stop. You can see it in the eyes of people. I'm just saying. There's a discernment. The eyes are either full of light or they're full of dark. And you can see an eye that's full of lust and adultery. Really? Yeah, my wife is especially good at it. I better move on. Enticing unstable souls. They have heart trained in covetous practice. Oh, wow. They have a heart. Listen to that. They have a heart trained in covetous practices. Wow. And are accursed children. Verse 15. They have forsaken the right way, have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. 16. He was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. We'll go to verse 18, verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackest of darkness forever, for which they speak great swelling words of emptiness. They allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those, go ahead, 19, who live in error. That's good. Number five, they cross biblical boundaries. Let me just tell you something. They used to call us the church that hugs. Which is really strange for some people. 
Oh, that's the hugging church. Now, coming from Hawaii for 14 years, there's a, there's a, a lot of love and affection and hugging. Let me teach you what the biblical way to hug the opposite sex is. <laughs> I was like started the rap there for a second. Marita, would you come? This is our lovely Marita. We love you so much. There is what is called the side hug. Okay? Praise God. Okay, now look how much distance we have here. All right? Right? Then the, the, the side, don't go anywhere. Then the, the, the side hug. So are you telling me, Pastor, that I need to, Mama, come here, Mom. Would you stay? Mom, would you come? You look beautiful tonight. Okay. So, because it's just not taught, and I, I've, I remember coming in a while back and saw some youth greeting each other and seeing each other, and they're just like, hey. Okay, this is my mother. Okay, this is my mom. All right, this is not some woman. So, gosh, I think I need it. Can I, have, I need another hug. Praise God. Okay. That is not the hug I gave Marita. Right. Right. It's my mother. Thank you. I needed that. I, I needed it too. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, my, I, I know this is kind of strange, but there's something about the smell of my mother that comforts me. You know, I've lived long enough. I'm so glad you're alive, Mom. Oh, my God. I am. Thank you. Gonna live a long time. Okay, that's a different kind of hug. The, the Marita hug is like this. Now there's another one. There's the A-frame, which is this. God bless you, Marita. So now, if you're a man or a woman and you're married, don't be listen. Don't go complimenting Pastor Karen on how beautiful she is. Because we're going to have a problem, man. <laughs> and, and don't be offended at me when you just got your, your new color in your hair. And, you know, it's just like you've spent $200 on your brand new hairstyle. And it's just like amazing. And, and, you, and I don't compliment you. I ain't going to compliment you. Why? Because my compliments go to one beautiful woman. The one that's mine. So I don't do that. Cult leaders will go right across those lines. They'll go right across them. They have no problem meeting with the opposite sex. And, you know, and, and honestly, it goes the other way, too. There's some that struggle with same-sex attraction, and you can see it. You can feel it. You just have to be careful. Be very careful. Be very careful. Cult leaders will cross over all those boundaries. They don't want an A-frame. They want a real one. They want a real hug. The hand travels down the small of your back. Just for a second. Just for a second. Some of you ladies know full on what I'm talking about. Listen, I, I don't get mad over too many things. I'll tell you what boil, I'll boil, that fries my grits and boils my blood straight up. 
if a dude comes in here and prays on my women, and you get, you know what I mean by my women, our women of the church, you try to move in here and work some finagling lust thing, I will pull your tail in a knot. And so will every other man of God in this place. And if you're feeling stalked, you just let us know. And we'll happy to minister to that person. If they want to get set free, they'll get set free. If they don't, they can let the door hit them on the way out where the good Lord split them. Can you say amen? Hey, come on, let's just have a praise break for a second. Ah! Hey, thank you, Lord. The good Lord. Number six. Oh, they splinter from, from the church. There's, there's, there's leaders that will come into churches, not unlike this one. Why are you telling me this, Pastor? Because I'm telling you. Not everybody is somebody that's trusted, but I'm at church. I hope you locked your doors of your car, too, right now, right now, right now. If you didn't lock the doors of your car, it would be a great idea to lock the doors of your car. Why? Because there's thieves in church, yeah. Listen, somebody said, if you don't find cigarette butts outside your church, you ain't doing anything. <laughs> Just because you're in church, it doesn't mean that somebody won't reach across into your bag in the pew and rip off your wallet right in the midst of the church. Why is that? Because sinners go to church. We want them to come so they can be said, bunch of hypocrites. Hey, a bunch of hypocrites go to that church. Well, where else do you think a stinking hypocrite should go? They should come and get set free from their hypocrisy. That's why they should come. They should hear the word and get set free and get delivered and get set on fire and get lust broken off them and adultery broken off them. Come on, somebody say hallelujah in the house of God. But there's, these, there's groups of people that try to splinter off. I've seen it. I've seen it even recently. Oh, you need healing. You need to come to my house and get shut up. Make a house, make a house of healing, unsanctioned, unsanctioned by me, unsanctioned by the church. Oh, what church do you go to, Kings? Who's your pastor? Pastor Daniel. And this is my house of healing. Well, if you don't see it in our publication, it ain't no house of healing from here. Let me just tell you that. Amen. You don't see it soon. We're coming out with our, our uh, seasonal guide. Thank you. I was going to say roadmap to leadership. Or something like Jesus. That's like 15 years ago. <laughs> you don't see it in the seasonal guide, then it's rogue. What do you mean? I can have a Bible study in my house if I want to. Of course you can. I hope you do have Bible studies. But you can have one that actually is in your house that is sanctioned and, gone and authorized, if you will, by us and that which we're endorsing. That's just on you. And we're not going to encourage and push people to your home to get discipled by you and your unsanctioned splinter group. I'm preaching better than you guys are amening. There's so many people that don't submit to authority. And, and we're, not, we're not helicopter freak controlling people. We're not. But we have standards. We're going to keep them. If you don't like it, it's okay. We love you. But, you know, I mean, like for, for alcohol, if you're a leader here, we ask you, if you're going to be a leader, part of the requirements are you can't drink. You don't drink alcohol. I don't mean even a glass of wine. A glass of wine is not sin. No, getting drunk is sin. But... We have decided as a leadership standard. I know they don't do that at Bethel. 
I know Bethel, they all drink wine. Fine. I'm not saying they get drunk. I'm saying at Bethel, I'm not saying Bethel, Alaska. I'm talking Bethel, Northern California. Great move of God that's taken place. They all drink in wine in California. Uh, but you should see how many people get in trouble. How many pastors get pulled over? For, how, how, would you be, how would that be? How would it be? Oh, Pastor Daniel got a DWI. Yeah, he's in the frontiersman. With a pitcher. How proud you'd be. That ain't ever going to happen because it's not touching my lips. I don't do that. We do have to be truthful and honest, of course. It's the way we are. Uh, my wife does make tinctures out of uh, herbs and stuff like that. And we make our own. She makes her own cough medicine and stuff like that. And is made with 100 proof vodka. <laughs> so... You know, I'm not huddled around the tincture taking shot after shot. Just not feeling well. Hallelujah. I'm, it's, this is going to really help me. But I mean, you know, you go and buy cough syrup. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But let me just tell you, I don't send some. I, I'm not going to buy the 100 proof vodka myself. I send Minister Barry or somebody. You know. <laughs> get on that. Yeah, splinter groups. Splinter groups, they separate, cults separate people from the church. From a healthy church, they'll try to separate you. There are people that have come here, and uh, this is not recently, but in times past, they've come, and I meet them, and they're like, yes, we're in ministry. I'm like, oh, Praise the Lord. Where are you from? Well, we just moved up here. The Lord called us up here. Praise God. What, what ministry? We're the, the self-appointed, anointed ones ministry. <laughs> oh. Uh, what church do you come from? Well, we go, we're part of the whole church. What do you mean? You know, the body of Christ. Oh, you're one of those ministries that has no accountability, no pastor, no, no structure, so, you know, and you start asking questions. Do you, do you have a board? No, no, the, the Lord, he's the one that leads us. We'd like to minister here. I said, well, it doesn't quite work like that. I said, but, you know, maybe we could get to know you. Because many people have been so abused, so they're all fractured, fractured and splintered out there because they've never really been healed. So at the place that we're at now, God, God's using us to heal people and bring them into a place of wholeness and, and a part of the river with the banks and proper structure and all of that. Praise God. But there are some people that refuse to come under the yoke and be a yoke fellow. You know what a yoke fellow is? It's a word that's not used too often. It's in the King James. It's somebody who pulls along with you. They're in it. So we've had, we've had people that come, and then they try to gather people to themselves and have their own little prophetic group. And, then, and what amazes me is that then, then they'll, they'll pull me aside and say, We've been praying. You need to change your services. And we, I'm like, okay, why don't you serve the Lord here for about, you know, 10 or 15 years and then come talk to me about that? Okay. 
I, I I'm really sweet mostly, but if you get me at the end of third service, it's not going to be good. <laughs> if you were here at one o'clock and you were looking to talk to me, I'm so sorry because you didn't want what I had to say. Amen. I, I, it was like, you don't want the counsel that I'm about to give. So, so Mike and my team, we ushered me out the back. Let's, let's quickly get Pastor. He, he's done. The chicken's cooked. We just send him off. Because at those times, and, and at those, there's times when you just, you know, how many of you know when you just get really tired? Yeah. You get counsel from me at that time and be like, you know something? Yeah. Read your Bible. <laughs> get in stinking morning prayer. You know you're not tithing. Worship God. Get a hold of, touch it, the hem of his garment yourself, you lazy. In Jesus' name. Amen? That'll help you. Okay. Praise God. We'll see you next service. Amen? Gosh, I just wanted to say that. That's bonus for all of you here that wanted some counsel. Get a hold of the word. Get a hold of God. Serve him. Love him. Fast and pray. Get in prayer. Lift your hands and worship him. Cut all ties with hell. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Ah! There, my counseling is done for the week. All right, last, last. I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> All of that will work what I just yelled at you. Many people want counsel, but they're not willing to do their own job. I don't know how that tied into six there. Oh, yeah. So I just, let me just put a cap on this. So they'll come and try to separate people. We have a whole counseling department. Minister Lori heads that up for us. Thank you. Thank you. Training and raising up other counselors. And I've seen people pull, pull people aside and start wanting to counsel them and help them. They'll, they'll try to pull them aside to their own little counseling, their own little healing hut. Give them a special word. Oh, am I stepping on your toes? I hope so. I'm trying to prepare you because, because these things are happening all across the valley. And I'm trying to equip you as a good pastoral word of protection in the midst of revival. Good pastoral word of protection in the midst of the outpouring. Lastly, they emphasize special revelation that contradicts scripture. Cults. Cults will emphasize a special understanding or revelation that's contrary to what scripture teaches. This Bible, the Bible, is closed. It can't be added to, it can't be taken away from, unless you'd like your name taken away from the Lamb's book of life or have added to you the curses of the book, says the book of Revelation, final chapter, final verses. There's no extra added revelation. So when somebody comes to try to give you some new revelation that's contrary to scripture, 
run away. Be weary. Be, and be watchful. They might run away. Honestly, you know, cult leaders are, are um, they're very wounded, very hurting people that, that need healing. If you're online and you're a cult leader, you're here in the sanctuary trying to cultivate your cult. I'd love to help you. And I mean this with absolute sincerity. If you want to be a leader, that's God. Come and get trained. Come and come under the yoke. Get some accountability. I'm not going to control. We're not going to control you, but we have structures, biblical models of structures and hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds and hundreds of years of ministry experience culminated coming together as a church family all across the world. King's Cathedral and chapels. Listen, when I make a decision, I'm not on my own. I make a decision based upon the word. I make a decision based upon what the Holy Spirit's telling me. And for major decisions, I make decisions based upon what I agree with with Dr. Morocco. And then there's a board. And together, when we go to do something into this building we're building, I'm not some fly-by-night guy that rolled in here with Pastor, Pastor Kirsten. We just decided to build ourselves a building. That's not what happened. This is a move of God with a whole the force of all that God has called us to do behind this project, behind this church, and we're behind what's happening all around the world. So this not, it's not some, some thing that just sort of showed up. So if you, God's called you to be a leader, don't try to take the shortcut. There's no shortcuts to good godly leadership. What are you in a rush for? Just do it the right way. Get healed. You say, well, I'm scared. I know, because people hurt you. But we will, we will not hurt you on purpose. We might hurt you by accident, but it's not on purpose. And then I've hurt you. You know, not on purpose. Right, got busy. You guys are like, what happened between those guys? <laughs> None of your stinking business. <laughs> it's nothing major. It's just, just working things out. It's just kind of like... You know, when my wife offends me or I offend her, she's like, uh, you offended me. I'm glad you, I didn't mean to. And then you're like, when? When you did such and such and this and that and said this, the way that you said that. I, I, the other day, I, the, I don't know what day it was. Again, they all blend. I, I was really wound up tight. I just had a death, all kinds of challenges swirling and just swirling intensity. And I can get to be like, I don't know how I would say it. It's uh, I get in battle mode. My face gets set. And I don't have a bunch of, you know, I just lose the, I get a little bit in the flesh and very intense. And so I have to just slow down, especially when I'm coming home, kind of come off the battlefield. And I'm like, ha, ha. And she's like, ah. You know, I'm just be like, do you like, relax? can you relax a second? I'm like, ah. <laughs> so she'll say, you know, you're being a little aggressive right now. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, you're being a little aggressive. And then Hannah will be like, dad, dad, look at me, dad, dad, look at me. And I'll be like, <sighs> most 
cult leaders have been so wounded and so hurt and they're just passing on this defilement to a whole group of people. They need to be set free. So if you're called to leadership and you're trying to do some splinter group, don't do that because the Lord will correct you. Listen, he stands over this work. I'm going to tell you something as I won't be cracking any jokes in the next 15 seconds. I'm going to tell you something in the fear of the Lord with all honesty and integrity. God himself stands over this work with angelic hosts all around. If someone tries to come and mess with what God's doing, he will mess with them. And that is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God for our God is a consuming fire. And he's jealous about what's happening here. And he's jealous over you. And it's amazing that he uses the likes of us, honestly. I think I would have chosen maybe somebody else. But no, he said, no, I chose you. I've chose you. I chose you. I've chose you. I've chose you. He's chosen all of you, all of us, to lead and to be a part of the greatest end time outpouring the world has ever known. To see the fullness of the Gentiles come in. To see the power of God be released. Build. 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 To see the power of God released. To see God's kingdom put on display. To see leaders rise up from every nation, every tribe. A, 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 pl- a church planting movement, can you say amen? And there will be those that come that maybe even try to rise up from within and the scripture in Acts chapter 20. They said there are those that will come to try to devour wolves. There are wolves in sheep clothing. He said there are. Yes, don't be ignorant. And you don't have to be afraid. But I mean, these characteristics that we went through, they're real. And they can begin to spring up in different places. Make sure it doesn't spring up in your heart. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Father, I thank you for the move of God that's taking place here. The move of the Spirit of God. The Word of God being preached with integrity and righteousness and truth. I thank you for the many leaders that you've raised up. I thank you for all that you're doing, Lord, in this region. What you're doing in the body of Christ across the United States of America. I pray, God, that you would expose cult leaders all across America and, Lord, bring correction and healing. I pray for protection over the local body of Christ. I pray over a canopy of anointing over every healthy Bible preaching and teaching church. And I pray an exposing of those who'd come to try to deceive. Those who come to try to manipulate weak-willed people. To weasel their way into homes. To create some special healing or prophetic thing. God, unsanctioned. Lord, Show us how we're to continue to expand in healthy structures and ways to release people. God, raise up healthy leaders. Raise up healthy pastors. Raise up those with the five-fold ministry gifts. Lord, from this place, that there would be a great army of integrous people walking in holiness and purity for without which no man will see the Lord. Walking in faith and power and dominion. Seeing the power of God be put on display. Not manipulation. Not filled with lust and greed and a spirit of Balaam. Not that. A pure move of the Spirit of God. Keep us. 
hold us, shape us, and mold us. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Because when there's a genuine move of the Spirit of God, the the enemy comes like an angel of light to bring a counterfeit to lead even the elect astray. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, a few more moments. We're done tonight. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come on, ask God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Understand that a Jim Jones didn't grow up as he was, he was an assembly of God preacher, pastor, Jim Jones. You know who that is? Drink the Kool-Aid. That was him. Went to Ghana. whole bunch of people got killed. Senator's daughter from California. I mean, you can go and study it. I promise you, Jim Jones didn't wake up when he was 11 or 12 years old and say, man, I just want to deceive a bunch of people and kill everybody. I don't, that's not what happened. He was an anointed pastor that went off track and there wasn't, there wasn't somebody to bring him back on. And I don't know all the whole story, but he was an assembly of God preacher. I know that. And he got led astray. Who's to say that you're not going to be led astray? And who's to say that you're not going to lead somebody astray? Um, I'll tell you how you, that, you make sure that doesn't happen. You have good accountability, integrity, time tested, and you pray prayers. God, expose anything in my life. Show me. Come on, this is a good prayer. Ask God to show you. Show me any broken place. Lord, if there be any manipulation, any wrong motive, Reveal it now. Expose anything in our lives, anything in this church, anything in this valley, anything in the body of Christ. Expose anything that's contrary to your plan and will. Expose the plans of the enemy. Do a preemptive strike on the strategies of hell that'll try to destroy people's lives in the midst of this outpouring of the golden oil of Zechariah. Expose. Expose evil. Expose sin. And there is coming even more. Really? started prophesying heard it in my spirit and stopped because I just can't believe it there's coming even another wave of exposing within the body of Christ says the Lord for judgment comes to the house of God I'm straining things out I'm I'm bringing a revealing to bring a healing I'm bringing a revealing to bring a healing for I love my people And I will expose what will eventually destroy. So you will hear it. In other houses of worship, you'll hear. And God, I pray now, a covering over every pastor. I see even... I haven't seen this too often, but I see it now. I see like... um, Like covens, like witch fires around that are starting to be kindled. I pray, God, you just pour water on all of them in the Spirit. And there's an assi- there are assignments on leaders. We need to pray and have a lifestyle of prayer. And I covet your prayers for my life. I'm living right. It's all good. 
It's because I pray and you pray for me. We're going to keep it that way. Amen. If the devil can strike a shepherd, then he scatters the flock. And that has happened over and over and over and over and over in all kinds of churches. I've been here for 13 years almost, and I've seen eight different wipeouts of churches. Eight. Eight. That's a lot. For the love of God, that will not happen here. Because we're going to, come on, we're going to stay true. God's got something for us to do. So, Lord, I pray for every pastor and every, all across the valley, all across the state, a covering of the blood of Jesus. I pray for Mark Zweifel, Lord, in Fairbanks. I plead the blood over him. I pray a covering of protection over that house of worship in, in Fairbanks. I pray, God, from Barrow to Ketchikan of the Aleutian Islands. Lord, a covering of your blood, your power, and your protection over every church and every person that goes to them. Expose cult leaders. Expose anything that's wicked, Lord, and root it out, tear it down, and cause other churches to be planted that we would see a great move of God, not only here, but across America, not only across America, but the nations of the earth. We thank you. We give you praise. Put your hands together for God. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. Glory. Thank you, God. We love you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with Jesus, this is your moment to get right with him. Those online, you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus for the first time. Or you want to recommit because you drifted. Or thirdly, you just want to be sure. If that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, raise your hand high. God bless you. Thank you, sweetheart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all the way in the back. All right. If you're serious. I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're for real, you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you need to be included. You know God's talking to you right now. You're going to get right with God. Step out from where you are. Come meet me right up front. Others are coming with you. Come right now. Come on, come, come, come as we worship. Come on, right front and center. Come on, right front and center. We're going to all pray together. There's people coming. Leaders are coming. Come on, lift your voice. pray right out loud repeat after me dear heavenly father thank you for sending your son jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart come into my life be my lord be my savior wash me cleanse me make me new write my name in the lamb's book of life Give me a hunger for the Word of God, a hunger for the presence of your Spirit, and for fellowship with other believers. And use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I want you to lift your hands all across this place, those up front. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the power and the fire of God takes God to live for God. You need to be filled. He'll fill you now. You just ask him. Come on. 
If you haven't been filled, ask God to fill you. Leaders, would you come and just minister to these? Lay hands on them. Holy Spirit, let your power come. Let your fire come, your anointing. Baptize afresh with your fire. Holy Spirit. Come on. Be filled. In the name of Jesus. Be set free, those that are in bondage. I want to pray for one more thing. I've gone a little bit long, but I'd be a mess if I didn't obey the Lord here. You've been affected by controlling cult-like leaders. Maybe a cult, maybe you've been affected by a cult. Maybe you've been affected by a cult-like or controlling leader in your life and you know it. Or maybe, maybe in your family and you need healing and you know that you know it. You're like, oh man, I got like, I had like three of those things in my last church. Holy cow. Oh God. And you feel like, man, I just need prayer. Is there anybody here like that? One, two, lift your hand high. Lift both hands right where you are. Just right where you are. I want to pray for healing for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray all results, all the effects of controlling cult-like leadership to be broken off of these. I break defilement off of each one now. That controlling spirit, even in a home, through a father, through a mother. I pray a breaking off, Lord, of the, of the wounds that have taken place because of unhealed, even demonic-inspired leadership. I pray now be healed in Jesus' name. Welcome to a healthy family. And be healed now. Be healed now in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you and I praise you powerful service. Don't miss all the things that takes place this week. We love you. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Keep us. And give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.